Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. I am Emilio. I am the founder and CEO of Capitalist Conversations as well as Global Business Live. I am excited to be here with my good friend and welcome to the Inspiring Leadership Series. And I will hand over now to our host, Jonathan Bowman Perks. Thank you, Emilio. It's so lovely. And our interactions have always been full of fun and laughter. And I think you and I talked about this, that the other inspiring leaders, the 172 that have gone before you, there's an element of humility, a bit of humanity and a lot of humor. And um, while it's not a joke show, this can be quite serious thing. We, we, if we can't take ourselves too seriously, I think one of my, my bits of tips I had over the years from various army officers or people with, don't take yourself too seriously. And, and I, I'm, I'm always 60 now and still working on that. But look, great having you here. So would you Thank just you. tell us about what you're doing now, Emilio, and um, the, 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 the different things you're doing? And then we'll go back to early childhood and how that shaped you to bring you to today. Sure. Yes, I currently am the uh, CEO and founder of uh, Capitalist Conversations, where uh, this organization what we do is we uh, create and um, uh, produce uh, events that are uh, intimate in nature for the purpose of uh, allowing business leaders and uh, other founders to connect in an intimate setting to be able to network and be able to uh, do business together in an intimate setting where they get to know each other really well. And um, we also, I also just uh, founded a, a new company called Global Business Live where what we'll be doing is producing conferences uh, such as the one that we have upcoming in uh, in winter, uh, end of November, the Global Founders Entrepreneurship Summit. And we will also be producing uh, tours with really successful business leaders in multiple cities around the world. Brilliant. That sounds like a lot of fun. And yes. I'm, look I'm looking forward to, to joining you on that. So thank you. Absolutely. You know, thank you. It, it won't be right unless you're a part of it. Uh, uh, you're, <laughs> you're very generous, Emilio. Thank you. So the, the, the Emilio that we meet today, take us yes. way back. Who was it that shaped you, who influenced you, the values you have? The man that we're meeting today with all our faults and our strengths, what was the, the life journey? Perhaps take five, 10 minutes. Tell us a bit about that and the kind of people who shaped you. Yes, I, I was born in uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York um, to my parents, uh, Mariano Rosa Guevara. Uh, my father uh, emigrated to this country from uh, Honduras, Central America. Uh, uh, interesting what happened was my uncle, my, uh, who uh, just really passed away uh, a couple of years ago at 103 years old. Wow. Was, yes, uh -huh, uh, was a, um, was a, uh, uh, a merchant marine uh, for, the, for the US. Uh, and because Honduras was an ally during the Korean War, 
my uncle was one of those service members that helped during the effort. And once the effort was over, uh, they extended the government, the military, the government extended uh, those gentlemen that had um, uh, uh, fought and, and, and helped in the effort, the opportunity to become citizens of the US. And my uncle took that opportunity and um, he uh, brought my father uh, to this country. At that time, my father and my mother had uh, uh, two of my oldest sisters and my oldest brother. And so uh, they came here with nothing, basically uh, um, a, a great education that they just were really just hardworking, um, a very uh, spiritual people. And so um, they had myself and three of uh, uh, my younger sisters uh, here in the, in the States. And, um, and we lived, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, but I was raised in the South Bronx. And if you know anything about the South Bronx in New York City at that time in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, it was a very challenging community to, to live in, you know. Um, but I always tell people the one thing that was really interesting was that my father, Jonathan, he, um, he always shared with us that just because you live in the environment, the environment doesn't have to live in you. Oh, I like and, that. Just because you live you know, in the environment, the environment doesn't have to live in you. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really stayed with us. You know, it, it, it really stayed with us because it helped us to understand that we could take control of our lives and that we could make decisions that uh, could help us, uh, you know, to move forward in life. Now, that's not to say that it was easy. It was very challenging, you know. Um, you know, uh, we could have uh, fell, you know, uh, 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 you know, victim to some of the 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 the, the um, negative situations in those communities. But we we continue to to, to work hard, and um, that led me uh, to then. Um, uh, my father sent us to Honduras for a couple of years to live in Honduras for a couple of years. That was an experience that really helped to shape me as well. And I'll tell you why. Because when we lived in the South Bronx, we uh, 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 saw that as a poverty stricken community, which it was. But when we went to Honduras and we saw what poverty really looked like outside of the United States, we realized that what we thought was ultimate poverty was not ultimate poverty, you know? And that even gave us another perspective on life when we came back to be able mm. to uh, uh, forge ahead and um, uh, try to achieve the goals and dreams that we had set for ourselves. So at the age of 17, 16, I, I began to develop this desire to want to be successful, you know? Um, I, I, I just, you know, I, really a little earlier than that, I started reading some books, um, uh, uh, you know, that my sister introduced me to. There was one particular book she introduced me to called Secret of the Ages, Jonathan, and by Robert Collier. And this book was a moment that really transformed my life because I had never read a positive book growing up outside of the Bible at all at that age. And... Um, this book really enlightened me that that I could use my mind and I could I had the power within me to do anything that I had set myself uh, up to do. And um, uh, when I was 19 years old, came an opportunity, you know, because at 17, I was 
I could not, I couldn't live with my parents at the time, Jonathan, because they lived in a one bedroom apartment and we have, I had three younger sisters and, uh, and, and, and so you won't believe this, but my mother and my father had the bedroom. My sisters would sleep in the, 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 the fold out beds in the living room at night. And then during the day we would put the, they would put them back in the, in the room and then turn the living room back into the living room. You know, and so at 17, I couldn't really stay there because it was getting a little too. Uh, so I went and got my own place in my last year of high school. And so I worked two part time jobs, had my own place. And uh, that's how that was what my journey was like uh, uh, as a uh, as a teenager. Wow. wow. Yeah. Real, real respect for you, Emilio, and, and for your family. And and also, I think there's this point about taking perspective. I think a lot of children these days are very fortunate depends where you are you know like mm -hmm. everybody's been for example in the endemic that we now call it mm -hmm. um it's like being in a storm everybody's been in the storm but everybody's right. been traveling in different boats of different sizes some have had to swim with a rubber ring others have been in a, a cruise liner and so right. not everybody's experienced the, the endemic the same way mm -hmm. but i do think this point about perspective is so important and uh my wife and I have three daughters and a son and the three daughters all went away to different places in the world. Um, parts of India, um, uh, the slums of South Africa, um, mm. the uh, parts of uh, Costa Rica and uh, Peru. And they worked mm. with some of the very deprived areas just when they were finishing right. school before they went to university and helped other people far less fortunate than them. And it's made them all very balanced women because yes. they go, how lucky am I? Right. And also this whole point about giving back to others less fortunate yes. than ourselves without mm -hmm. patronizing those people or right. belittling them, mm -hmm. respecting mm -hmm. where they're at. But I think perspective is crucial. Well done on that. Um, so Thank you. Um, if you went back to the young Emilio, age 16, with all the wisdom you've accumulated now, how, how old are you now, may I ask? I am uh, 55 years old. Turn 55 I, you're, on July 26th. You're ageless. You could be about 45. <laughs> anyway, so here it And so are you. <laughs> I'll vote for you. You're, you're on the program already. Definitely. Definitely. You're my favorite. But knowing what you know now, age just 55, what bit of advice would you give to the young 16-year-old Amelia, which would apply to other young people? You know, don't worry about this, but focus on that. What would be the bit of advice? I think that the um, advice that I would give myself at uh, the age of 16 today would be, um, if, I, if I could go back, would be to invest more time in reading to learn better who I am and where do I fit, mm -hmm. you know? I think so. we're not taught that that's not um something that's uh you could say a part of uh you could say the curriculum of growing up either from my parents or from schools or from any institution um you know we pretty much leave young people to figure it out uh you know just giving them the basic uh uh you know you know 
the, the basic uh, uh, channels that you're supposed to follow. You go to grade school, you graduate at 12th grade, you go to college, and then you do this. So it's like everything's laid out for all of us as we, and that part, I think is a really crucial part. I would probably go back if I could do more reading, more learning, or more self-study at that age if I, if I, if I, you know, if I could. Yeah, great advice. And there's that um, the maxim that all leaders, all leaders are readers, but not all readers mm -hmm. are leaders. Mm -hmm. and, and that that I have found, um, we discussed my dyslexia, that in the last three years, I have uh, listened to 187 different books on leadership mm -hmm. and uh, Malcolm X uh, biography mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. stories and things like this. And I'd learned so much from those. If only mm -hmm. I'd started reading as much, or in my case, because I, I found reading so hard, but if I'd only listened to audiobooks, if they'd been around more, which they're harder mm -hmm. to come by. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I think I would have made some different choices. I would have been yes. a better leader. I would have led better. I want to apologize now to the people I led badly when I was 18 right. uh, as, as a young army officer. Mm -hmm. um, because I only had a small amount of learning that I learned from the environment I was in, as you talked about the mm -hmm. environment, uh, just yes. because you live in the environment, the environment doesn't have to live in you. I do love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a really important point. And in your life and in your life story, what would you pick out as like the, the, the most happy, proudest moment of your life and what you learned from that? And also perhaps the darkest part of your life and what you learned from that, Amelia? Yes, uh, so I would say that one of my uh, my happiest moments, I would say, I have to tell you, would be uh, at the at the age of twenty nine when I took a chance on myself to start my first business. Uh, I quit my job, you know, I quit a, a great uh, opportunity I had, and uh, and uh, everything was going well. Um, I had, you know, had already bought my first home. I had two beautiful cars, you know, and uh, money in the bank, you know, and uh, I was only 28 years old, you know, and I quit. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start my own company, you know, and uh, I was just, I remember I went to tell my father, you know, who's deceased now, you know, rest in peace. Uh, and, um, and I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, listen, I, I, I know everything's going well, but I really feel as though I want to take a chance on myself. I want to you know, really see if I can do this, you know, I mean, if I'm going to do it, this is the time I think to do it. And he's looked at me and he said, son, every man at some point have to, has to find his journey to the independence. Hmm. And that's all he said. He didn't say anything else. He said, that's all he said, you know, and mind you that that was coming from uh, a, a man who um, came to this country with nothing and um, uh, him and my mother Save the little coins. My father probably never made any more than two or three dollars a, 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 a an hour in his life. Uh, but he, they saved all their little coins for years and built a, a, a three bedroom house in Honduras. They didn't spend anything outside of you know. And uh, and he was blind. My father would get on the trains in New York City um, every morning. He would get up at five o'clock. And at six o'clock, we were walking him to the train station to get on the train to go work for the National Association of the Blind in Brooklyn. And we lived, you know, uh, uh, every day. And then we go have to pick him up, you know, at six o'clock in the evening. And he did this to support his family, you know. Uh, and this is where he got robbed. This is in New York City, in the Bronx, 
And so he would get robbed a couple times and 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 mistreated a couple times, but he never stopped getting up every morning to go there. So he really uh, inspired us to, and you know, and I have to tell you, Jonathan, you know, the older you, you get, the more you can appreciate those kind of examples. When you're when you're young, you 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 appreciate it, but you don't appreciate it quite the same way, you know. And I was guilty of that. I I don't think that I kind of appreciated it all that he did and how he did it and what it, what motivated him to do it at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so- And, and I, I really respect him for that. God, I just can't, can't imagine how tough it was. I mean, just being blinded itself, not having one of your key faculties, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but relying on people to help you and then people taking advantage of you because you were blind, robbing you yes. or, or abusing mm -hmm. you or whatever it might be, but also, the, the superiority people go, well, I'm not happy. I'm, you know, you know I, had, I had one person and I said to, to her, who are you? She said, I'm poor. I, I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you, <laughs> earn, you earn over a million dollars a year. What do you mean you're poor? She said, well, look, you know, my bonus is only $300,000 a year. My boss's bonus is $600,000. So I'm poor compared to him. I said, wow. you, you are living in a reality distortion field. Yes. Wake yes. up, smell the coffee. I, you know, right. Two dollars yeah. yeah. an hour maximum. Yes. That's that's what um, uh, he uh, I don't think that he ever made it. But and, and it was funny because I didn't really learn that, to be honest with you, really until about five years ago, I went to see my oldest sister in Florida and we were at the dinner table. And you know how when you get around the dinner table, you start talking about, you know, the family and and. And, and, and topics come up and things come up that, you know, and you always learn something you didn't know. Well, that day I learned that when she told me, she said, no, Dad never made any more than, uh, you know, two something an hour uh, uh, when he was working at the National Association for the Blind. I said, wow, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, you, you know, these things give you, you know, perspective, like, as you say, as you use the word perspective, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they do, you know, right, and, right. Uh, but, but, but he gave me that advice and, and I, I went ahead. I was so excited, you know, um, uh, 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 about it, you know. Uh, and it, when you asked me what were two of the most, you said what was one of the most challenging days. Uh, 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 if, if that's correct, was that the question? Yeah, uh, one of the most challenging and darkest times in your darkest, life. Uh, darkest times. You know what's ironic? I left and I started a business, you know. Uh, but I was good in sales. I had been a salesman for 10 years in the company. I went from door-to-door -door sales to um, a professional, the professional division uh, of sales. I became a, a national sales trainer. And then I became a regional sales manager for six states in the Northeast uh, uh, that generating millions of dollars of revenue. So I really thought that I knew what I was doing, right? You know, because listen, you know, I mean, I'm I'm the sales guy, you know, I've been national sales trainer, I'm the troubleshooter. You know, people have problems with sales, you know, they 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 call me. I'm the one who goes to to to, to take care of the problem, you know what I mean? And so I thought I was just really, you know, uh, I could, you know, uh, you know, I don't didn't think anything of all the other things you, because again, you know, I come from the background I came from. I went from, you know, uh uh um uh, at the age of 19, got this opportunity with a, a, a man that was a very successful business leader. He offered me this opportunity. I took it. 
I didn't go to college. I bypassed, bypassed college, but I did really well for myself in those, you know, in those years. So I thought I was just great, you know, and um, <laughs> and so the dark day came, right? Because the money started going out the door, and there weren't any money coming in, Jonathan, you know. And lo and behold, I find myself, you know, uh, with foreclosure notices coming. Wow. You know, and the, the, the worst thing, I don't know if anybody's ever been to foreclosure, but when you go into foreclosure, it's listed publicly. So the sharks come out. People start driving by your home. You know, they start, you know, uh, 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 and you wonder, who are these people driving by my home? They drive by your home because your home is in foreclosure and they're like sharks, right? <laughs> to, to grab the opportunity, you know? And so um, I wasn't able to uh, get the uh, uh, the um, uh, um, business going fast enough. But prior to that, let me sh share with you, I had a beautiful car, I had a BMW 525, you know, really nice, 1992, and this was in 90, uh, I think it was 95, 96, right? And so uh, uh, I have the car parked in front of my, my house and I have another uh, car parked in front of my house. And one day I come drive up and the, this was the ironic thing, uh, Jonathan. I'm talking to a, friend, a cousin of mine and, I'm, and I'm we're in the other car, right? And, 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 and we went to the store, went to the store, I left the house, went to the store, to the grocery store. And on the way, I'm just excited. I'm telling him about the business. I, I was telling him, you know, I'm having some challenges, but and I know I'm going to come through. And, you know, and we drive and we park in the same parking spot where we, I normally park and my other car is right next to me. And I had put, and I kept the cover on the BMW, the pretty cover on it. We drive up and I stop in the middle of the sentence because where's the car? <laughs> Where's the car? <laughs> the car's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you see, you go through those. Well, did somebody steal it? And da, 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 And no, it has been picked up. The car has been picked up because you had fallen behind on the payments. You know, and I'm, I'm just telling you, this is this is what happened. And I'm telling you, I kept it clean and it was beautiful. You know, and so I called a friend of mine. Right, I called a friend of mine. And I said, listen, man. The thing was, Jonathan, I only had about nine payments left on the car. There was eight, eight or nine payments. It wasn't even that much. You know what I mean? And I and and I think the balance was like eight thousand something dollars like that. You know, and I said to my friend, I said, listen, 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 if you could just help me get the car out of impound, you know, pay the money, the, the full amount, give me 90 days, I'll get it back, and I'll, you know, I will let you hold the title and and I'll get, you know, and and uh and and um uh get you back the money in 90 days good, good friend of mine he said yeah i'll do it for you 90 days later couldn't do it so i had to give him the title oh. and, and, and give him the car and and then and on top of that i also lost the house oh god that's hard so that was a you know that was a time but you know but 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 let me just tell you what did you what learn I, what did you learn? i'm gonna tell you what i learned that that's what i'm gonna tell you what i learned from that one night when, 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 when I was really going through it with it, I was, um, I couldn't sleep the whole night. You know, I didn't, I couldn't sleep, you know? 
because of the stress, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and but then I one day I had this epiphany. I said, "Listen, this is just all stuff. Mm. You know, you're not you didn't go into business to get stuff. You went into business because you had an idea that you want to see come to manifestation." And so I had to refer back to the books that I had read, you know, and and I said to myself, you know, the people that come at you, who are the bill collectors or whatever, between the hours of eight and six, they're going to call you. After six o'clock, they go home to their families. They're not thinking about you. You're like one out of a million people that they have to call. So from now on, between the hours of eight and eight, you do what they do. They're not thinking about you and you don't think about them. You focus on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? You know? Yep. Yep. And and that when I had that epiphany, I was able to, it, didn't, it, it, was, it didn't matter anymore. I, to me, it was about what I was trying to accomplish. The freedom, I had to understand that I, I did this not to keep up the lifestyle necessarily that I had. If I could have, it would have been fine. But since I didn't, that wasn't the real reason. The real reason was because I wanted my freedom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, and freedom is a really interesting point here because there are some of the richest millionaires, multimillionaires, who are actually prisoners of some little old lady who's their cleaner, who gives them a hard time. And so freedom is is very much a an attitude yeah. of mind and yes. there's that lovely saying that success is getting what you want happiness is wanting what you already have exactly and I, I think a lot of people try and they make more money and then they want more things and then they got mm-hmm. to service all that and then more stuff and more stuff yes and, and uh, you know capitalism is a big part of what you do we've mm-hmm. got to watch the dark side of capitalism which is that marketeers make you want not just one apple watch but like five or six right you, you need another one with a different band and a different yes. color and you've got to have mm-hmm. four cars and a better car mm-hmm. than the neighbor and mm-hmm. and, it, mm-hmm. and it just it just can spiral out of control as you saw at exactly. that stage you overextended mm-hmm. yourself you then couldn't make the kind of money but you still wanted to have the stuff exactly and and and, and i think of, we, we discussed my brother dying of cancer at the age of just 63 but but as he was dying he wasn't thinking about his stuff he lived very simply on probably about mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. to 20 thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it, wasn't the, it was his family and it was his friends that he wanted beside mm-hmm. him at the end of the day and he couldn't take it with him there are no pockets right. in a shroud as my other exactly. brother said, yeah, you can't, exactly. take it, you can't take it with you that's a good one say that what was that there's no pockets there are no the- pockets in a shroud <laughs> That's okay. a good one. <laughs> I have to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's go around the Inspiring Leadership Compass. Uh, quick mm-hmm. fire kind of questions. Um, moral quotient, MQ, the first one, which is the sort of true north. Um, what If there were three fundamental values and beliefs that you've lived by, that you were brought up mm-hmm. with, what would mm-hmm. they be? And, and, and how have you coped when you let them slip? And how do you bring yourself back onto track? Yes, I, I would say that the three principles that I actually live by, you know, and one is I try to make sure that my internal spirit is always right, you know. Um, um, 
you know, that your, your, that your compass, you know, because you know better than anybody, you know, you know, when your spirit is right, uh, when your spirit is not right, it's because of feelings of guilt or other things that are, that you are allowing to uh, take over your spirit. So my thing is to try to make sure to keep my spirit right, to keep it positive, to keep it positive. Secondly, I uh, was heavily influenced by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Yeah, yeah, and, lovely, lovely guy. Uh, and yeah, and one of those principles that I adopted from you know his uh, his um, uh, teachings was the power of intention. And so I always try to make sure that my intentions are always are pure. I try to make sure that my intentions are pure in anything and everything that I do in my relationships, in my, uh, uh, you know, uh, anything that I take on, I try to make sure that my intentions, you know, are pure, you know. And three, you know, uh, gratitude, you know, uh, to be always, always, always grateful. Those are the three that I have, oh, you know, have adopted, you know, and came to a point in life where those were the three that I felt were the most important. And I have um, internalized those to live by those three them. principles. I love them. No, and and Wayne Dyer, um, uh, I was listening to one that I particularly listened to a time and again, where he goes through Lao Tzu and the mm -hmm. Lao Tzu Ching or the uh, the Tao Te Ching, but but it's yes. basically mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. of the old the old teachings, right? Yes, from, from two thousand years ago, which are very relevant yes. today. Mm -hmm. No, he he's been very influential on me too. Thank you mm -hmm, for that. Mm -hmm. PQ yes. is the next one. Meaning and purpose. You know, why do you do what you do, Amelia? Tell me. I I do what I do because I as I said I was I was influenced by my um, how I grew up. Um, being in the, in the environment that I grew up of poverty in the South Bronx and then having the experience when I was in Honduras for two years, um, those experiences shaped me in terms of the fact that in this country, you have the opportunity to, and the choice to make to, to, to have a better life for yourself. Um, and if someone else can help you to see that, if you have not seen it for yourself um, and show you and other examples and put them in front of you and show you what um, uh, the possibilities are, you know, uh, I think that that makes a contribution for us having a better country and a better world because I think that the greatest gift that God gave all of us is the gift of imagination, because you don't have to ask anyone permission to use it. You have, you have to have permission for a lot of things, but you don't have to ask anyone permission to use your imagination, you know? And um, you can go as far, as wide, and as big as you want in your imagination, you know? And um, uh, and I think that that's one of the, the, the beauty, uh, one of the beauties of, of um, you know, free enterprise. And when I say free enterprise, it's for enterprise, but it's also for anything else that you want to do. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, you have, you can, you can, you can do that, you know, um, in other countries, you just can't do what we're able to do in, in, in our countries, you know, that you can come up with an idea and that idea could be the one idea that saves the world. You know, I, I you know, I was telling some, sharing with somebody the other day on another podcast, I said, 
you know what's interesting? People down capitalism. I said, but I think that what we have to understand is that, you know, you know, capitalism has a definition. Like any other word, it has its definition. The definition doesn't change. You know, um, uh, you 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 buy a uh, you you buy or you manufacture a good or a service. Uh, you mark it up and you sell it. You take the profit and you and you do it again. You know what I mean? And then what you do with that profit is now what now your own character comes into play. Your own integrity comes into play with that. So it's no different. I tell people then, you know, if you if you're a doctor and you take the oath that if you're on the highway and you see somebody have a heart attack, you're going to stop, get out your car and try to save that person's life. That's the oath that you take as a doctor, you know. Um, but does every doctor that's ever passed by a situation like that stop? You know, no. Right. You know, so it's that. But that doesn't change the oath. It doesn't change the, the the wording of the oath, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the application by the individual and its character and their character and integrity uh, uh, about it, right? So capitalism is good. It's it's one of the. Uh, I mean, you can you can really look at the world and look at other governments uh, that are maybe even one party governments, and they've had to implement capitalism in order to even be able to lift their countries out of poverty, yeah. you know. Uh, and so we, I think that, I think that, um, you know, it, 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 we have to look at it as, you know, a, a person, uh, it's not the, the thing it's the person. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a good way. That's a good way of making it, taking it from the, the system to the people right. who make it up. It's just like who make, uh, in any exactly. organization, a culture in an organization is made up by the leaders and the people and the way that they behave in it. Exactly. Uh, and that's a very well put. And, and if you take it from what gives your life meaning and purpose and around the, um, the positive side of capitalism, let's move from there to you as a person, your health, well-being, your mental mm -hmm. health, your physical health. It's the third element of the eight components. Mm -hmm. All the different things you've done. What, what do you do to look after your mental health? One tip and to look after your physical health, one tip that you'd share with people. Just give us a couple of tips on those two. Yeah, so from a, from a physical standpoint, you know, um, I, I, you know, I do a lot, of, I walk. That's one of my main things, you know, and it gives me the opportunity every morning to uh, uh, think about my day early in the morning, think about what I want to do and, and uh, you know, what is it that I want to accomplish? And it's this kind of serenity. For me, it's, it gives you this serenity to be able to just take a walk, and at the same time, you're, um, uh, you know, really uh, moving and, and exercising all the parts of, of your of your um, uh, your body. Uh, and uh, from a mental standpoint, one of the things that I've always done is read. You know, I I feel as though I have learned more through the life experiences of others by just reading and in and 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 uh going through their journey with them in a book you know i used to speak you know when i would go speak to young kids you know i would always tell them this was before we you know we have the internet now but i would always tell them back then that the greatest and most powerful card you have in your wallet is, is your is your public library card you know and because you know uh you can somebody can live an entire lifetime you know and take that journey encapsulated in two three hundred pages 
and you can go on the journey with them and learn so much that you didn't have to go through those 30 years they may have gone through. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that that uh, uh, books and for me, it's autobiographies, you know, I love autobiographies and um, and learning about what other people's lives was like. And, you know, and the fascinating thing about business leaders is there's so many people think and, and they put us, as you well know, Jonathan, because of what you do, they put us in this box as though the life is just just that. You know, we still have things that happen to us in our lives, you know, uh, situations, family, as you shared, you know, your brother unexpectedly. You know, we deal with all those things, you know, as well. So when you read those autobiographies, not only are you learning about how to overcome challenges and obstacles from somebody who's been through challenges in business, but you also learn what did they do to manage different situations in their everyday life? Spot on. No, and, and you have reminded me um, that I've learned an awful lot from the autobiographies. I also love, I'm reading uh, The Gates of Hell mm -hmm. um, by uh, Stephen Pressfield, which was mm -hmm. about the Spartans at Thermopylae and, uh -huh. and the training the Spartans went through, how rigorous it was. Yeah, um, yeah. And it takes me back to my military training, which is nothing like that. But it, but the, mm -hmm. the idea of train hard, fight easy, mm -hmm. and and and, mm -hmm. and and that preparation, I think of all the challenges I've been through in my life, they've all taught me something, which right. has allowed me to cope with more challenges that I'm thrown at later on. Ex yes. So that brings me from the health and the well-being, the reading and the. And the learning, and, and I do think like, the most powerful card is that library card, the public library card. So whatever background you have, you have the ability to go to a public library and learn yes. from others. You haven't got, as, as one American Vietnam general said to me, he said, uh, I was the uh, chief of staff of the British Brigade that went across and trained mm -hmm. in Fort Leavenworth <laughs> in Kansas City, Kansas. And wow. <laughs> um, I was... Um, uh, lucky enough to be mentored by this general who'd been in the Vietnam War. And he said, son, said, you haven't got time to make all the mistakes I've made in my life. He said, you know, you need to read and you need to learn from other people. He said, and let me tell you, out there, there are some anti-personnel minds. I know where they are because I've blown my foot off on a few of them. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you where they are, so you don't need to step on them. Right. Saying. But overnight, <laughs> the little bastards have planted some more. I don't know where those other ones are. But I know where you need, don't need to stand on these ones. So I thought that was just great advice. <laughs> That's it, a good you, one. You yes. haven't got time to make all the mistakes yeah. I've made. Yeah. So let, let, let's right. find a shortcut. So right. quick fire questions. EQ, emotional intelligence. What would be your one tip on emotional intelligence? How you've built, because you've got great emotional intelligence. It's so easy to build a, a rapport with you, Emilio. Mm -hmm. what, where did you... What was the one skill you learned about emotional and social intelligence that you'd pass on to other people? I think, I think if I have to, you know, narrow it down to one, I think it's empathy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, I think we're lacking a lot of that these days as well, you know, but I think that it's empathy, you know? I think that, you know, being able to, um, you know, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, I think that that really pairs back to what we both talked about just a minute ago about the reading, you know, because it's it's that exposure to other people's lives that allows you to be empathetic with when you, you, you know. so so the thing about reading is that it teaches you for your own life, 
But at the same time, it teaches you to be empathetic when you're leading other people because those experiences now become your experiences, right? You know, so when you read the story of someone and what they've gone through, that now is, and, and you understand how it affected them when they're telling their story, that now becomes part of your ammunition. And yeah. so when you're leading other people, that helps you to be more empathetic with them, even though that what they're going through is not the thing that you're going through or been through, but because you read about, you read these stories, you're able to say, you know what? I understand. Yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Which takes me from empathy, EQ, to CQ, which is what we call cultural intelligence or collective intelligence. Now, we talked before in the Bronx and elsewhere, you've experienced a lot of racism, um, mm -hmm. And you know, Black Lives Matter is a very important movement that's going on. This is long overdue, and there's still are not a lot of things been been dealt with this with diversity, equality, and inclusion. What's your one view on how we can improve cultural intelligence, the way that we see about people who are different from us, whether skin color or background or sexual orientation? What's what's your tip there for people to be more understanding? Yeah, and I I think you know. I think it goes back to the word perception. You know, our, percep our perceptions are influenced by, you know, our beliefs and our beliefs are influenced by the environment in which we, you know, we came up in, you know? And so if, if for example, in my situation, you know, I grew up in uh, New York City and pretty much in New York City, you it was always been known as the melting pot. So, you had you end up having friends of all you know different types of nationalities you, you get out then i spent two years in living in miami florida as well and i went to school with another uh, um uh uh you know another mix of individuals so i think what it is is again th so those those experiences form my perceptions you know you know what happens i think that what happens is if you don't, if, if you haven't grown up in those kind of situations, you have to allow yourself to be able to say, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, it, and, and that's if you're willing to, you know, to, you, you have to have the willingness, the will to, 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 to challenge yourself. Well, you know, what is the difference? We're all people. We're all, you know, you know, we're all, you know, we're all people, we're all human beings and pretty much, if you, if you, um, like I said, in my case, if you've talked to enough people and befriended enough people and have relations with people of all types, you end up finding that out. That, you know, we all have the same, uh, 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 um, have the same challenges in life, the same type of um, uh, uh, hardships and the obstacles and the, you know, it, it may be a little different, but the feeling of it is the same, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah. so let me let me let me let me just be a little bit more uh, illustrative, right? Um, uh, if if somebody stabs your leg with a knife, you know, or somebody shoots you in the rib, the two people, if you shoot, if, if somebody stabs one in the leg and one shoots one in the rib, as you've watched in every movie, they both scream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and, and what are they? What, what what are they screaming from? They're screaming from pain, right? Because you know the the the, the pain is is the same, and so 
you know, I, I, I just, I say that we have to take what's called initiative. We have to take the initiative to want to have the desire uh, to want to understand other human beings and, and their culture and where they, you know, where they came from and why they are what they are and what, why do they believe what they believe and, you know, and I think that if, if you're willing to do that, I think that then, you know, we can begin to understand each other, you know, a lot better. Right. No, fully agree. And as my old Sergeant Major said, everybody sits the same way on a toilet seat, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like um, it, it brings it down to reality. And, yeah. and with that upbringing that you had both in the South Bronx and in Honduras and the setbacks you had, like losing your house and losing your cars mm -hmm. and things like that, you learned a lot of resilience. What yes. would be what would be your top tip on on? Um, resilience and picking yourself up in times of adversity you know resilience has a lot to do with motive you know you know uh you're only going to be as resilient as what it is that motivates you to do what it is you do mm. and why you do it you know uh the people that are the most resilient is because they're the most committed you know, they, they, there's something that motivates them that goes beyond, you know, money or anything like that. It goes beyond currency. There is a mission, there is a movement, there is a desire, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's burning for them to want to accomplish something. And, and because that is the motive, then they are willing to go through anything because they are visualizing the end you know and uh and in visualizing the end it's no different than you know as somebody who starts a race and there's a finish line you know the best ones have been trained to focus on the finish line not to the guy on your left or the guy on the right on your right you, you got to focus on the finish line you know and i think that 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 resilience is tied to motive it's tied yeah. to what is it why is it that you do what you do because if it is a weak motive then you will not be resilient you know, you, <laughs> you know, right. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I love that. And, you know, justify the, the, the um, begin with the end in mind, as, as you and I have read mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. uh, St yes. Stephen Covey. Uh, yes, seven habits. Uh, yeah, seven habits. Brand, BQ, and then legacy. And then we'll, we'll talk about exec teams and uh, your favorite book. Uh, BQ, your brand, your reputation. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of the leaders that I coach, I take them through 360 feedback. Have you ever had 360 feedback about you and what did you learn as a, as a top thing you needed to work on from any feedback that you've ever had? Yes, I did. And I, you know, managing a lot of the sales groups and, uh, you know, there was a perception of me at one time that I was arrogant mm -hmm. when I was younger and had, was managing these teams, you know? I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that about myself, <laughs> but, there was this perception that, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, that I, you know, thought that I knew it all that I, you know, that, you know, that they couldn't tell me, you know, anything about, you know, and, and so I really had to take a good look at myself, you know, because especially when you're young like that, and you're having that kind of success, you really begin to believe your own what they say how do they say that believe your own hype or or yeah, you, yeah, you drink, drinking your own, your own drinking your own kool-aid yeah yeah and i was drinking my kool-aid you know 
That's great. So from brand to yeah. legacy, what would you yeah. like your legacy to be in your personal life and your work? The legacy of my personal life, I would love to be known as a great, you know, that was a good husband and a good father, you know. I love my family. It's only three of us, my wife and my daughter. And incidentally, when you said send me a picture, you know, of uh, something you like to do, I I had I, I had picked out one picture that I said uh, uh, where it was myself and my eight year old daughter dancing to salsa because I was trying to teach her the culture and and uh, of of, uh, uh, of the music. And we were dancing and I said, I'm going to send up this because I, I love spending time with my daughter and doing different things. We have, we have a great relationship because it took us a long time for us, my wife and I, to have her. You know what I mean? Uh, nearly seven years we worked on that, you know, so it was a, a, a blessing, you know. And so I my legacy from personal life is to 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 be known and, and that I was a great uh, husband. And that was a uh, a great father. You know, that was a family man. That you know, that, right. that to me, from a personal standpoint. Yeah, no, I think that's very important. Yeah. So, yeah. I did, but I didn't see that picture because I thought, well, he's thinking more in terms of you know, other <laughs> things. You know, so, so I sent you the one where I was kind of traveling, looking at the, with the back, Pacific Ocean in the background, something like that. That was you know a, that I mean? was a cool picture too. That was a cool. Yeah, picture yeah. <laughs> now. In your in your sales jobs and various uh, teams you've worked with, you've you've seen lots of different teams. Um, what would be your top tip for turning a toxic team around into a high performing team? What one thing would you do? I, okay, so I don't know if this is going to come off in a uh, as a way that's acceptable for some people, but the one thing I did learn, Jonathan, I I, I learned that you can't change people. Mm. You know. When you use the word toxic, I, to me, that's almost, I think some people, when they're in that mindset, they're almost far gone, mm. you know? And I think that some people you can, once you find what is their underlying desire, part of leadership is being able to understand people and being able to know what their underlying desires and their motives you know, is. What is it that they really want? But then there are people that you would call toxic um, that they really tell you who they are, why they are the way they are, and that they're fine being the way that they are. Mm. And if you're not careful, there's a delicate balance because what you do, as they say, you know, a rotten apple will rotten up the rest of the apples. When you enable toxic people to continue to stay in a situation, you are sending a message to those that are really team, team players that it's acceptable. Yeah. And so it's a quiet message, you know, um, uh, when you when intolerating, you know, uh, uh, a person. And when I say that, I'm talking about a person that just really does not want to change that, you know, their motives, their underlying desires are that they don't feel that they need to change for any reason because they just want to do what they want to do. Yeah. So I think that it depends on the people of the yeah. team. Yeah, that's very good. That's my yeah. honest. That's my honest no, answer. <laughs> I, I love it, and and I, I I would agree with you. And we get to about a favorite book on leadership or courage. Now we both agreed that uh, Shoemaker by Joe Foster was one of them. Yeah, was yes. one of them, and he's yes. a special guy. He's been on the series. Yeah. But as another autobiography that you found very inspirational, what would you pick as your second choice? 
okay so uh can i know this is not your question but i i, I got three can i do okay. three you can do three yes I'll okay let you do. so shoemaker one of when we talk about one of the most recent books that i read if uh, joe foster uh, i mean amazing if i had to go back to um some of the uh ones that i read in the past and one that inspired me and helped me change my life it would be uh, S.B. Fuller. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, he was a, a black pioneer in, in business. And this man came up during the Jim Crow era. And, um, and he built an enterprise in the 40s and 50s when you know, black men were not supposed to be able to do that. And so he really inspired me. Uh, he mentored my mentor and, and, and it changed my life. And I still read his book because of what he What's was the book called? Do. What's the book called by uh, S.B. Fuller? Uh, 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 Pioneer in Black Business, S.B. Fuller. Mm -hmm. And I can share a copy with you if you like, you know. Uh, and yeah. so, yes. And then, so, but if we talk about a leadership book, it would have to be uh, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yep. That, yep. That book, I tell you, it's uh, if you really want to understand people, and 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 you know, aside from reading autobiographies and stories, uh, Dale Carnegie and How to Win Friends and Influence People is a book that I still refer to. Yeah, you know? and, and if, if you're so right, and if you look on my website um, among yes. my book book reviews, it's the number one. Is is how? Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, and would you do now just a final introduction of who you are and what yes. you do, and then your two minute top tip and we'll bring things to a close and we'll have a chat when it finishes. Okay. Hi, I'm Emilio Antonio Guevara and I am the founder of uh, Capitalist Conversations and as well as a new company, uh, Global Business Live. And uh, my mission, my whole purpose in life uh, with those organizations to really promote free enterprise, to promote capitalism, to help people uh, to follow their dreams and to um, use the greatest gift that we all have as human beings. And I believe that that gift is the gift of imagination. And so I challenge you uh, uh, to use it. And, and uh, I just wanna thank my good friend, uh, Jonathan Bowman Perks uh, for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this great leadership uh, series. Thank you very much indeed, Emilio. Great pleasure to have you here. And good luck with what you're doing, helping so many other people in so many countries. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And, and for me. So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.